Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining this uh, special live edition of Surf and Sales podcast, Bonfire Sessions. Um, we are really excited to have this conversation today uh, with on mentorship with a couple of people uh, we've gotten to know over the last couple of years or even the last few months. Um, and before we jump into everything, I uh, want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors of Salesforce Revenue Cloud, Lead411, and Gong.io. Uh, for helping us create these community moments and these live sessions uh, for surf and sales. I'm here also with my partner in crime, although I can't see him on the screen, uh, Scott Lease. There he is. Uh, you got to pin me to the first screen, first screen, Richard. All right. Well, you know, come on now. You know how my tech whirls. So let's just, let's remember it's nice that I'm not on mute, Scott. Come on. True. You're off to a good start. <laughs> uh, I want to take a minute and introduce uh, our two special guests today. Uh, one is uh, Sherilyn Castleman, who Sherilyn and I met, gosh, last year, tried to get her on the podcast. We had to reschedule on her so many times, and she stuck with us, and we appreciate it. Um, she is the chief learning officer at Sisters in Sales. I'll let her explain what that is. She's also an author. Um, I'll let her explain the book in just a second. And then also uh, introduction to Alan Tarkowski, who I've known for many years, and this year when COVID really hit, he's the one I reached out to for mentorship specifically. And he's been a, a instrumental force in my business this last year and making sure that uh, my business not only survived, but thrived in a, in a totally different way. So, uh, but Sherilyn, go ahead and say hello, you know, ladies first and uh, let folks know where your context of this mentorship com comes from. Thanks, Richard. Um, uh, yes, I'm with Sisters in Sales. Sisters in Sales is a community for women of color sales professionals. We come together to do three things, advance our careers um, and develop our, our, our skills, our, our sales mastery so that we become too good to ignore. And finally, just have a community so that we can connect with each other. We work with companies to help them build their pipeline so they can attract hire and re retain women of sales. In addition to that, I'm an executive trainer and coach um, for sales, and I have recently published a book. So thank you. What is the name of the book? So people can... uh, the, the name of my book is Post, uh, What's in the Cards, Five Post-Pandemic Sales Strategies. Yeah. Um, talks about how we can succeed as we go into 2021 um, and, the, and we, we recover and as the economy recovers. Awesome, thank you. Alan, jump in and say hello. Yeah, thanks for having me, everybody. Good relax. to see y'all. Take a breath. I'm um, good. Uh, thanks again for having me. So, gosh, I've got, what, 20-some years in technology sales? Like, where did 20 years go? Uh, look, as far as mentorship, uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, throughout my career, there are people that I aspired to understand what made them successful in their career, um, to pursue um, the paths perhaps they took, or um, in some situations, how to play a particular scenario based on perhaps things they've exposed to, or the fact that I valued their opinion and valued their experience. Um, and then of course, having the opportunity to work with you, Richard, now for gosh, what, six or nine months, um, that was, uh, that is its own unique experience, which we'll, uh, which we'll dive into. I hope there was, I hope it's been good for you so far. I hope I haven't, uh, 
made it too difficult. A uh, couple things before we jump in, um, feel free to post your questions or comments as we have conversations in the chat. We like to utilize that. Obviously, one of my favorite things to do is just everybody go in the chat real quick and just tell us where you're dialing in from. It's fun to see where folks are coming in from around the country or around the world. Um, I think my first question is for, for either of you is, when did you realize you ever wanted a mentor? Like, it, it, was it, were you the kind of kid who just knew to do that? Or did it sort of happen in your career when things sort of hit you? Like, what was your moment? So Richard, um, I have been selling since Girl Scout cookies for less than a dollar. So um, for quite a few years. And for me, it was when I was, um, I had it, my, my sales were just blowing up. I took a 300,000 cost center and grew it to almost a $4 million profit center. And because the sales were growing and expanding and I was having more contact with the executive team, I realized that I had some gaps in my knowledge. I had some gaps in my leadership. And I said, I need somebody to help me. So it was a panic for me, aha moment, when I realized that I was just really incredible, incredibly good in sales. And um, it, my, my business just blew up. And I was like, I need some help. I need to figure out what I should be doing. So it was around so, scaling a little bit? It, it was, it was, it was, it was identifying what gaps I needed. Um, you know, I met, I remember meeting with the CF, CFO and he threw me out of the office. He was like, you're not ready to meet with me. And at the time I really had no idea what he was talking about. I knew how to drive revenue, but I didn't know how to, um, to meet with the C-suite. I didn't know how to lead. I didn't know how. Um, and so I realized I had a gap. And so I got a mentor. So and, I'm going to ask the obvious question, you know, based on, on what you do. How much of that do you also feel like, you know, was because you're a black woman? Like, was it that you were getting resistance from customers or did you not notice that at that point? I mean, I, you know, what was, how did that no. affect you at that stage? Yeah. So I, no, I've never had resistance from customers. I had resistance from my peers. So I would, I would not get promoted and, or I would not get invited for um, an executive retreat, or I would get people promoted above me, or I would be asked to train people. Um, and, and I was told, well, you, maybe you don't have executive presence or um, you're not ready to be a leader. And so when I identified those gaps, in addition to getting an, an MBA, I got um, executive mentors um, who helped me um, develop skills that were important to leadership and, and, and executive um, presence. So that's, that's where I did. I've never had problems with clients. I can, you know, um, connecting with clients, selling with clients, uh, clients see green. My position has always been, they didn't see that I was a woman. They, they saw that I could provide solutions. They didn't see that I was an African-American woman. I, I, I got, I, I had, I sought out mentors when I started running into that glass ceiling that was very low. So that's when I use mentors. Got it, got it. Alan, how about you, bud? Yeah, gosh, mine goes back to early in my career when I was working at a company uh, called by the name of Digital Impact. We were evangelizing email marketing as a thing to do in the early 2000s. And uh, there was the general manager of the business. His name is Kevin Aykroyd. He is the CEO of Pro Unlimited these days. Um, Kevin's done some amazing things in his career. And as, as a SDR at the time in the early 2000s at Digital Impact, um, while I didn't actually pursue Kevin as a mentor, 
what I did was I observed Kevin. I observed the way he engaged with other people. I observed the way that he would seek buy-in from other people or um, approach a room or present to a room. And to me, that actually served, looking back in my career, that actually served a, a place as a bit of a mentor in the sense that I wasn't actually engaging with Kevin and saying, hey, like, give me advice, tell me what to do here or whatever. But it was somebody that I was like, wow, I'm learning from this person. I'm observing from this person. What I didn't do was take that next step with Kevin, per se, in this example, to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship in a mentor type arrangement. But it's set to, for me, it, it actually felt like it set roots for what would be in years later, more of a mentor type relationship. I'm going to ask a follow-up question and I'll let Scott jump in, but what were you trying to observe? What were the things you were like, okay, let me pay attention to this. What I was trying to understand through observation at the time was what is, what is Kevin doing to have earned the general manager role at this company? Because I want that job in the future. So for somebody early in their career, it was literally observing and trying to understand whether the qualities or traits or what have you that likely have earned this individual the opportunity to be in that role. I want to ask one, maybe two questions, and then I'll, we already have a question from the, the audience. <clears throat> I, I want to know, either one of you can jump in here, Alan and Sherilyn. I want to know what your definition is of a mentor and how it differentiates from, if at all, from a friend, a boss, a manager, a family member? How, how, do, how do you make the distinction personally? So Scott, I, so I make the distinction because I think there are three types of mentors that everybody needs to have. I think the first type of mentor you should have is somebody that looks like you. Um, and I'm very clear about that. If you are an African-American woman, you need an African-American woman as a mentor. It's somebody that you can go to and just have that very real conversation. If you are somebody who went to an Ivy League, um, find a mentor that went to your Ivy League and let them mentor you. Um, they don't necessarily have to be in sales. They don't have to be in your field. But you need somebody that you can connect with who you can have a real conversation about business with. The second mentor, I think, should be um, somebody who is really, who's extremely competent at your job. You want somebody who is a top salesperson if you're in sales. You want somebody who's top salesperson in your company, top salesperson in your industry, in your space, somebody who can help you build skills, somebody who can help you um, develop your competency. And the third type of mentor that I think everybody has is you need somebody who's at the table when promotions, raises, and bonuses are given out. You want somebody who's a champion for you and an advocate for you. So um, I think all three of those are very different from friends and bosses and colleagues. Um, I think that, you know, you can go to, um, you know, for me, I, I have a very close business woman. She works in nonprofit, but I can go to her. I can tell Liz anything and she will tell me straight up, Sherilyn, you are wrong. You cannot do that or that is a microaggression, this is how you deal with this, or this is a skill you really need to build. Um, and 
And so that's what I go to. I have, um, I have worked with um, William Green. Um, Bill Green was a customer guy. He was the former CEO of Accenture. And Bill was the number one customer guy that I knew. And Bill used to talk to me about how to build relationships with clients, how to be competent, how to care, um, how, to, how to deal with, you know, closing business. And so he was, he was a mentor to me for being really competent in sales. So I think that there are, I think there are three types that you have to look for. Somebody Al like you, somebody who's competent and somebody who, um, who, who can advocate for you and get you promoted. Thanks, Sherlyn. Alan, what about you? Yeah, when I think about a, a mentor, I think it's somebody that, that is literally sits shotgun to who may, the person that may be your therapist because you are going to need to be open and vulnerable to this person. And you're not in the same way that you may need to meet with multiple therapists to find the one that you develop a rhythm with. I also think that with a mentor that you need to feel in a place where there is comfort. Yes. That you, that, that you can talk with this individual, but to also be in a place that you're gonna get really uncomfortable. And that's where that vulnerability part opens up for you to be able to get there and stay there with this person. So I 100% agree with what Sherilyn is saying with regards to um, those three components of the individual, but the way that person makes you feel is not too dissimilar from a therapist, I believe. I, re I really love that. I've never heard that before. I wrote down shotgun to your therapist, writing shotgun to your therapist. That's pretty cool. Um, okay, let's go to some some questions. We've got Kelsey Calabro from Portland, Maine. Kelsey, there she is. Hey guys, how's it going? Um, thanks for meeting today. This is awesome. I love mentorship conversations, but my question is really around like, what are your personal expectations of a mentee when you do commit your time to taking them on? And what are you looking for when you do commit to them? Great question. Sherilyn, Alan, let one of, one of you answer. Sherilyn, go ahead. Okay, uh, so what I so what I what I look for from a mentee and the same thing as a mentor is and um, yeah I use a lot of acronyms it's how I remember things um, but I call it the triple A um, and that is um, agenda I expect a mentee to come to me with an agenda a big A agenda what are they what are their expectations what do they want this to get out of it as a mentor I have the same thing I want to know what I'm giving, what they are looking for, what is it, what is the purpose of our of our relationship? Um, and then little a is what do they want to get out of the session? I expect my mentees to come um, every every time they meet with me, very clear about what they want, so what their agenda is. So both their big A, meaning what is the agenda, what we're going to, and their little A, what is the agenda that um, you know we're going to focus on on each session. Um, the second thing I look for is um, appointment. I want them to handle all the logistics. I expect them to um, be very clear about when we're meeting, how often we're meeting. Um, and the final thing that I both expect from my mentees, and I think it's great for a, ment uh, a mentee to do, is action items. I want them to, um, to, sh uh, to, to write back and say, here's what you suggested that I do. And I also want updates from those. 
Um, so I'm looking for a big and little agenda. I'm looking for um, action items. I am also looking for them to take control of appointments and also the um, just the logistics of it. And the final one, if you know, if I could just do one final thing, it would be appreciation. I look to hear back from them, not just thank you and an attitude of gratitude, but thank you. Here's what I've accomplished. Here's what I've done. Here's where I, here's where the impact has been. Here's where my growth has been. It's great. I actually wrote down five A words, not, not three. Oh. Got, got okay. Five. Got five I got five. <laughs> which, which one did I miss, Scott? I'll work, huh? I'll work with you on the acronym after the, after the show. Okay. So okay. Alan, right. anything there? Yeah, as a mentee, especially in sales, I want the I want the uncomfortable. I want the discomfort. I want the challenge. I want to be challenged um, by my mentor because there are going to be situations where, uh, certainly as a sales leader, um, where you're going to be challenged on, on everything, pipeline, performance, right? You may be a board meeting and things are going sideways and you got to figure out how to navigate through that stuff. And so I believe as a mentee, uh, sorting through areas of discomfort, sorting through how you engage, react, respond to um, uncomfortable scenarios or situations will prepare you for when those things will inevitably happen in sales. Uh, as a mentor, I believe that uh, there's, there's sort of a challenger element to that in that you're challenging perhaps the approach an individual is taking in, in, in an aggressive or malicious way, but rather in a way to Perhaps look at look at things from another angle. Look at the the flip side. Look at look at a scenario from 180 degrees, or per perhaps to challenge the status quo. That's great that everything's good and um, uh, good today and good for the next quarter or good for the next few quarters. But what about a year from now? Like, what's the greater calling? What is the what is a grand opportunity? that you could potentially pursue. Is that interesting to you? Is that not interesting to you? Whatever the answer is, is all good. Um, but as a mentee, again, discomfort. As a mentor, challenging, looking at larger opportunities perhaps, and just discussing them. Yeah. It's interesting, I can, I can attest to this for Alan when we were going through things this year, you know, and I didn't take his advice, which is gonna to lead to my next question. He's like, dude, you do this podcast all the time you know, why don't you reach out to Sirius XM and see if you guys can do a show, like see a, a radio show. Like you guys are like, they got tons of hours. Believe me, they got so many channels, they, they could get content. And I was just definitely some imposter syndrome there of like, oh my God, who am I to ask that question? Um, and then it made me really uncomfortable. And he pushed me on it for a couple of weeks and I, I never took the advice, but I'll, I'll turn to Scott and say, maybe we should do that. But, but that's a good piece. Like I, you know, Alan and I, we built our relationship over the years. So that comfort was there pretty early for us. Um, and he could push me on this and I could, I could push back and, and those kinds of things. But here is my question. You know, you do have mentors or mentees. And I see this when people ask for advice is they love to ask for advice and then they never follow through. Right. And how do you handle that as a mentor 
Um, do you cut bait? Do you, you know, what kind of advice do you give them when they don't follow through? Um, and, and how do you handle it? So, and Alan, you know, we'll, we'll start with you since we've had Sherilyn go first on a couple of them, give her time to think for a change. So, yeah, um, sure. Look, uh, if, if the mentor can challenge, inspire, uh, help you sort through scenarios, help you resolve your imposter syndrome, let's be real. I think many folks is when they pursue a mentor, they're also trying to understand like, can I do this? Can I do what I'm, what I may like this next role I may be going into or, you know, Hey, look, I'm on the top sales rep. And now I got into a manager role here and like, am I going to make it? Like, can you show me the yellow brick road to, to being a good sales manager or a good director or senior director or VP or whatever it is. Um, I do believe in some cases that a mentor can resolve uh, uh, imposter syndrome. Now that said, uh, if, if you're as a mentor, as your mentee does not follow through with having their sales show on Sirius XM, uh, well, you know, what am I going to do, right? Uh, that's up to the individual, but it's worth a conversation. And I think that's really part of the spirit is to think about, hey, here's a bunch of opportunities or here's would you, a bunch of- Would you cut bait, Alan? Would you be like, oh. I've told you four times, you know, to do the, I mean, nicer than what I'm saying, but like, would you just say, I'm not sure this relationship's working out? Like, um, no, I think that's, that's, that's not on the mentor- to expect that their mentee does everything they say. What if, I mean, I'm, that, that's a surprising answer to me. I mean, wouldn't they at least have to explain their thought process and their reason not to do it? And yeah, I mean, there's there should be some accountability there. Yeah, agree. Okay. But I wouldn't yeah. be like, well, that's it. We're breaking up. You also got to remember, and I'd love Cheryl Lynn's thoughts on this. There's a lot of executive coaches out there that will charge you two, $3,000 a month and will set the agenda and, and go through your agenda items. And at the end of the session, give you a bunch of work to do to repeat the same session three weeks from now. Um, and so I would love to have you know, insight from Cheryl Lynn with regards to her thoughts on executive coaches that, that, that play that paid game, if you will. So I, I, I want to touch on both what, what Alan said and Scott said. I think there's a difference between accountability and responsibility. So as your mentor or as your coach, I, I'm accountable. I'll hold you accountable, but I'm not responsible. And so what I would say to Richard is, um, you know, we talked about we we talked about the serious. So, you know, how did, how did how, how'd that work out for you? And when Richard said, well, I really didn't do it, I'd say, so what is it that got in your way? What are you thinking about? Um, you know, what, 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 I would ask you, so what would it look like if you did that? And what would it feel like me. if you did that? I can that? tell you it was pure fear. That was okay. So then we, so then talk about that fear. I mean, so what, what's the worst thing that could happen? I would, I would, I, I would, I would challenge you. And one of the things that one of my mentors told me is Sherilyn, when you criticize people, you raise their game. When you check, I mean, you, you raise their defensiveness. When you challenge people, you raise their game. So I would challenge Rich, Richard. He wasn't ready. Um, I don't give my clients tasks. They tell me what they want to do. I ask them to make smart goals. 
Um, I also asked them what would get in the way. So when Richard set the goal to, to contact Sirius, I would have asked him. So on a scale of one to 10, Richard, how committed are you to doing that? And if he gives me anything less than a nine, I'd ask him, okay, what do you need to do to get that to be a 10 or a nine? And have him work on that because that's what the issue is. When he gets to the point that he says it's a nine or a 10, all right, so what could get in the way? What could keep you from doing this? Smart goals. When are you going to call serious? How are you going to call serious? Are you going to send an email? Are you going to call somebody? What day are you going to do it? How will we know that you actually did it? Yeah. So I walked through all of those steps with him. Think, um, so that's that's how I would approach it. I think Richard's first step should probably be asking his partner in, in the podcast how, how he feels about it, which never happened, Alan. So feel free to check that. <laughs> And, and, and that's, that's another thing is, okay, Richard, who can hold you accountable? And Richard would say, I need to have a conversation. That's because I bring all the ideas to Scott. He brings so little to the game, right? Well, like, I just go do all I'm, the ideas. I, exactly. I'm, I'm tired of carrying Scott on my back through this entire relationship, you know? So we, we, have, a, we have a great question from Vicki, who I believe is, is off mute now. Vicki, you want to ask your question? Yes. So what is a reasonable expectation for the amount of time that someone who's quite senior would be able to spend with someone like me? As a mentor? Well, let them know who, who you are and what you do, Vicki, oh. because maybe you're super quite senior as well, right? I feel like I'm at home, man. I feel like everybody knows, you know. Um, so I just started with a, um, a new company, a, a startup, and it's me and the founder. And so I'm figuring a lot of stuff out right now and I'm five days in. So um, yes, I'm, I've, I can see that I am going to need a little bit of help in certain areas. So I, this timing of this is perfect. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll comment on that Vicki with regards to the amount of time to expect from somebody senior. Um, you know, saying that there's saying that almost puts that person on a pedestal. Um, and to some extent, I think we are pursuing that, but I think that needs to level out pretty quickly, you know, as you're getting engaged with them, because again, that, that openness, that, that, that togetherness, there's, there needs to be kind of a level plane, I believe, just in a, in a kind of a mental perspective. Ideally, the person will give you as much as they need, you need, right? And we know that it's not like a 90 minute marathon session every other day. The reality is it could be a quick text and they get back to you within, you know, minutes or an hour. Um, it could be an email, right? That you sent last night and they get back to you today. Um, or it is a, is a, uh, a committed, you know, Hey, we're going to connect once per week at this time. And we've got an hour and there'll be an agenda that we'll sort through and et cetera, et cetera. All of those things I think are fair and comfortable. Now, if you're paying somebody, that's where it's like, uh, the paying like an executive coach, for example, that's where I think. Yes, you absolutely have commitments from that individual and you're going to be really trying to understand the ROI of that executive coach investment pretty quickly, right? Because like I said, some of these coaches, they're a lot of money um, for not a lot of time in many cases. All I'm hearing is I need to raise my prices, Richard. I don't know about you. I don't know what you're hearing. I need that and I need Alan to kick me in the ass a lot more. I think that's it. So. Uh, <laughs> 
that's probably my my thought inflation uh, everything's 2x yeah. there we go nice yeah so vicky i was i was going to say it goes back to that that a that i talked about agenda so what is it that you want do you want a 90 day ramp up plan from this mentor do you want this mentor to be with you long term as you help build this business I mean, so think about what you're looking for, what your big A is, and that will help you with your ask. If you're looking for a ramp-up plan and you've got 90 days to, to hit the ground running, you may need to meet with them every week, or you may need somebody who will answer emails and texts on the fly. I'm doing this, I'm doing this. If you need somebody to be strategic with you, maybe you do a big strategy session once a month, and then you touch base with them once a month about the strategy. So before you, I think, always before you go in asking somebody to be your mentor or what you're looking for, write out a job description in advance. This is what my mentor should look like. This is what my mentor should bring to the table. This is what our relationship should look like. So that when you go to the door to meet with somebody, you can say, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what my expectations are. I, I want to meet with you every month for the next year, or I want to meet with you every week for the next 90 days. So I would, I would challenge you to step back with what you're looking for and that you lay that out before you start looking for a mentor. That seems very fair. And can I ask a follow-on question? So I've kind of thought that you would look for someone for specific things that you needed versus like going to one person for a whole 90-day ramp, because I'd love that. But so I'm just curious about your opinion on that as far as you know, finding someone who's really good at this skill and going to them with an ask of specifically that versus an overall. Yeah, so if somebody, if you're looking for somebody, I've, I mean, I've had people come to me and say, Sherilyn, I'm starting a business. I just would like to work with you for 90 days. Um, would you be my mentor for 90 days just to, as I ramp up my, my business? That's fine. Um, so again, it is it is what your ask is. And also remember, you can have more than one mentor. Maybe you have somebody that you're doing strategy with once a month or four times a year. And then you have somebody else that you're just going to do 90 days with to do your ramp. So yeah, so you can have more than one mentor. You can have, just like I said, you can have different mentors. Um, you can have that mentor that you can call just when it's just really tough. And they're your cheerleader. And they remind you about how amazing you are. Um, so it, it, you know, it depends on what you're looking for. I'll add Ryan Dillon in the uh, chat asked the question about how do you ask a stranger um, to, to be a mentor? And you, know, you may be inspired by things they're posting on LinkedIn. You may be inspired by sessions that they participate online like this. Um, but for the individual that is pursuing that that stranger as their mentor, I think it's an interview process because are they really, as you're engaging with them, are they really the person they are in their LinkedIn post? Are they, um, are they really who they, who they exude um, you know, in their profiles and whatever? But when you actually start talking with them, are you finding a rhythm with them? You know, is there, is there that true connection? And I think there needs to be some kind of connection there to be able to be held accountable, to actually be, to care as the mentee that you, your mentor. How do you do that, Alan? Like, how do you go to someone you don't yeah. know and say, hey, I want to interview you to be my yeah. mentor, right? Like, I, that I'm feels thinking, really. I'm thinking you come to me and you try to interview me. Like, I don't have time to be interviewed. You, you should... And can I? should already know in advance who I am who I am. Otherwise, 
I'm not going to be the right one for you. And you, everybody, you can disagree with, disagree with me. But that's how I'm thinking about it. Because I get hit dozens of times a day, and I am not getting interviewed a dozen times a day. <laughs> and I'll add some clarification as well, because it's a meatloaf song. You guys took the words right out of my mouth, uh, which is great. But um, I wanted to add some context as well, because yes, Scott, that's a, a great point. The other thing was... Um, from my perspective, I'm, I'm taking, I'm specifically focusing on Sherilyn, your contact, your bucket two of people, uh, the mentor that you want to be not necessarily saying that can't be at your own company, but I'm trying to look and broaden that outside of my organization. So I'm looking at people who are in jobs that I really want to, to be. And basically it seems to me like when I ask that kind of unsolicited request, it's basically like, can you spend hours of your time of your successful life's time teaching me to be successful and get basically the job that you have. And it can come across as basically like, can you invest a ton of your hours for this random dude who's asking you for help? And how do you do that? So uh, two ways, Ryan. The first thing that I always do is I ask people, um, so I would go to your second um, connections on LinkedIn and I would send just, just a connect. Hi, I like your pose. I've been following your career, whatever. I'd like to connect with you. Once they connect with you, my second message is always, thank you. Um, I'd love to hear your story. Um, people like sharing their story. Now, Scott may be different because a lot of people connect with him, but I have yet to have anybody tell me no when I say to them, um, after we've already connected, that I would, you know, can, can we spend 15 minutes? I would love to hear your story. And that's all I want from them initially is just to hear their story. Once I hear their story, I conclude with thank you. And what can I do with for, for you? How can I help you? How can I, what can I, is there anybody I can meet, introduce you to? Is there anything that you want me to help promote? How can I help you? Once I say that, they usually come back. It's human nature to say, you know, this is what I could use. How can I help you? Now, if I was, if it connected and it went well, I would say to them, um, I'm looking for a mentor. You know, what, you know, um, you know, are you, are you taking people? You know, I, I like how we connected. I like what you said about this. If not, I ask them, who do they know that I should talk to? Um, and that's when I'm transparent, but it's after I've heard their story, after I've connected, after I've said thank you, and after I said, how can I help you? Um, and my, 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 and my experience has been very few people will say no, they'll say, they might say, I have way too many people that I'm mentoring right now, but here's who you should talk to. Here's who else you can talk to. So that's how I approach um, connecting with people um, who are second connections to you. Um, just do the standard reach out. Hi, I'm so-and-so. I say, hi, I'm Sherilyn. I'm, you know, Chief Learning Officer, Officer for Sisters in Sales. Here's what we do. I'd love to connect with you. That's it. There you go, I didn't Scott. ask anything. That's I just want to it. connect. That's how you handle all those requests, Scott. Uh, I don't know. There, there's I, I, a well, hold on, though. There's a difference at doing this at massive scale because I don't know how many messages like that Sherilyn receives. I receive, I'm not kidding, dozens of those every day. Okay. So there is no possible way for me to say, sure, I'll tell you my story over the course of 15 minutes to all these people. So when I get those messages, I'm like, listen, you can go listen to me on a million podcasts. You can read this book. You can see me on this platform. Come to Thursday Night Sales. Join my Patreon group. 
there's all these things that I can point you to if you haven't already done research to know who I am, what I'm about, what I might be able to provide you and why you want to talk to me and to Sherilyn's earlier point about the agenda, that would be amazing. So if, so, if I got a note that said, hey Scott, I've seen you do this, that and the other. I wanna talk to you because I'm looking to do this thing, that thing and that, and you seem like the right person to help me get there. I'm wondering if you have any capacity to take on a mentee. That is a different type of note that I personally would, in, would engage with compared to the, hey, I want 15 minutes so I can learn your story. Because I just, for me, I just get too many messages like that. And I don't have the bandwidth to tell that story. I have resources out there to tell it for me. Hopefully that adds some context, Richard. It does. I, and I, I know you well enough to know that you will try to help anybody. And I think it's how you ask for these things, right? That, that matters the most. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip it to a good friend of ours who's on here, who's actually over at Salesforce, Tim Clark, um, who's been working at Salesforce for eight, nine, 10 years. Um, and how does, how does a big org, you know, I don't even know if you guys do it, but how do y'all view mentorship? Is there a formal program where people can volunteer to be mentors? Is it coached to be one-on-one? -on -one? Like, you know, what's it like at a big company like that? And, and Sherilyn, you know, and Alan, please chime in based on what you've seen too. But uh, I'm always curious about, you know, the, the Salesforce largest SaaS org kind of situation. Yeah, if, if I knew that I was going to speak, I would have dressed up. So sorry about that. Uh, Thank you for this great conversation. Um, At least you combed your hair, though. So I did. I did. It kind of goes up throughout the day as I get stressed. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I started my career, I did 10 years in sales, and I remember my first job at Vodafone in England. The first uh, question, or, uh, yeah, question posed to me was, uh, you know, who are you going to get to mentor you? And uh, so I'm kind of having a, a full circle moment. I think this is such a great conversation because um, I'm now on – on the other side of it, I'm in a different stage of my career where I'm able to continue to be mentored as well as continue to mentor other people. Uh, in terms of your question, Richard, um, within the marketing org at Salesforce, we do have a mentorship program because what we were seeing was um, there would be like the popular people who would be mentoring a lot of people or trying to mentor a lot of people. And there were a lot of people that had great skill sets but weren't necessarily great at self-promotion offering themselves to be mentors. And so we put in a, a structured program. Um, I think in the marketing world right now, we have 115 mentors. Uh, and then we have people that apply to be mentees. And then they, uh, there's a team, uh, a team of people that connect the mentor and the mentee together uh, based on what they're looking for. Um, and I, I'll just wrap up with, uh, I love the agenda item as well. Uh, I've mentored a few people at Salesforce and the amount of times there hasn't been an, an agenda um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, well, wait a minute, I'm happy to give you my time, but if, if there's no agenda, then where, where are we going with this? Um, so I hope that helps answer the question, Richard. Yeah. I'm curious when you say, and I think I get the answer, but I'm just going to ask it. So someone has to apply to be a mentee. Does that mean you're not allowed to be a mentee if they don't like what you're asking? Like, and, and what, how do you guys, I would assume you're even coaching these mentees to say, well, define what you're looking for. sort of what Sherilyn and Alan have been saying, like, what does that look like at, at scale? Like if you're building this kind of a program, do you think? 
Yeah, any, anyone can do anything uh, in, in terms of asking who they want to be a mentor or if they want to be a mentee. What we realized, though, was there was an opportunity to, to put some structure around it. So we took the best practices uh, from mentors, from mentees, put it into a program. And so if someone was nervous about asking for a mentor, they're not sure how to handle this sort of relationship, we've got some clear guidelines, like what does the cadence look like for meeting up? What are sort of things that you should be discussing? And so we've got that wireframe and then the mentor and mentee would, uh, would tailor it specific to their relationship and what they want to get out of that relationship. That's great. Sher Sherilyn and Alan, just, you know, what have y'all seen, you know, from, from your life experience of good programs or even bad programs? Um, you know, what, what are the mistakes we see people making not to pick on people, but Hey, let's make sure that we're, you know, letting other people learn from our wisdom. Right. So I haven't, I haven't ever um, worked with a company where I saw a structured mentor program. Um, I do have clients that say that there are some and they um, tend to lean towards what, um, they, they tend to lean towards, like you said, they're, they're, they're where the popular people are, or if you, if you want a lot of um, attention, you become a mentor. Um, so I, I can't speak to that really. I haven't seen a lot of destructive mentored programs and I'm not very familiar with them. What about you, Alan? Alan's on mute. He's holding something up and I can't see what he's, what he's saying. There we go. Thank you for unmuting me. As That's the host. Richard's fault. Well done, Richard. <laughs> Muting the guests, deflecting from your inability to keep yourself off mute. Well done. <laughs> go ahead, Alan. Uh, yeah. Uh, so at Fortinet, we don't have a formal mentorship program in the business. Um, I do think it's a massive opportunity. Um, I do know within the team that I support, there are a few individuals that are just organically engaging with me um, in this type of relationship. It's not formalized, though, by any means. Um, it's really just uh, a, a few minutes out of every week to kind of step outside of the day-to-day -day stuff and talk about bigger picture items. Oftentimes it's career um, opportunity type conversations that many folks are looking to have. So um, if they're looking to perhaps go in their sales type role, um, sales leadership type role, um, perhaps something other than sales, perhaps the individuals figured out that, hey, look, this is all fun and games, but uh, my real aspirations are somewhere else. Um, and that's oftentimes the conversations that I'm having with folks. Uh, but again, at Fortinet, we don't have a um, um, an organizational mentorship plan today. Got it. Okay. I've got a question that I don't hear asked very often. I'm curious, both of your thoughts on this. <clears throat> How do you know when you've outgrown your mentor and it's time to move on and find a new one? That's a really good question. I thought about that a lot prior to today's session. Mm. Um, you know, there's to some extent where when I think back to a relationship that I had with Russell Worth who earlier in my career was a, a sales um, 
VP of mine. And then later um, in my career, as I was leading the sales teams, became a mentor to bounce ideas off of, bounce scenarios off of whatever. You know, at, uh, to some extent, I looked at Russell as a mentor of mine, as somebody that I wanted to level up to, okay? And there were a lot of things that I asked Russell, I said, about perhaps a rep compensation plans, about uh, board meeting content, about whatever it may be, right? And at some point, I knew, I understood what the answers to the questions that I previously had, I knew what the answers were now. Mm-hmm. I almost ran out of questions for Russell. Yeah. And at that point, it came to a, it came to a um, kind of an equal playing field where we were talking shop. It was no longer, hey, what should I do here? What is the board looking for? What should I include in my slides? I've got so much information. What should I say? Hey, I'm getting heat from this side of the business. Have you ever been in this scenario? What should I do? Any tips, tricks, guidance? At some point, it levels up where at that point, you're talking shop and you're spending half the time either like trading stories or laughing more than you are like, okay, cool. Really appreciate that. I'm going to take your guidance and set it in play. That's good. I don't think it ends. It just tapers. Hmm. Sherilyn? Richard muted her again. Yes. Um, So, um, uh, so I I agree with Alan, um, but I look at it as two different ways. One, if you're committed to growth and your mentor is committed to growth, you should never outgrow each other. So if they're constantly growing and learning and you're growing and learning, if there's, if this is a space, that space should stay there. And I'm not talking about career growth. It's just their knowledge. There's their, um, what they're, what they're reading, what they're learning, the relationships that they have. Um, so I, I would hope that if you have a long-term mentor, you don't outgrow them because you've chosen somebody who's committed to growth, who's always growing. The other thing I wanted to go back to, Scott, is what you said. And this is something that Darwick um, turned, uh, coined this term. I don't know if you've heard of it, and it's called feed forward. A lot of us ask for feedback. You know, last week I did this. Can you give me feedback about it? But what feed forward is, what would you do in this case? So like Alan said, I'm building out a new comp plan, being able to say to your mentor, if you were building out a new comp plan, what would you do? What would your feed forward be? Not I built one out, help me look at what I did right or wrong. Um, But you can go to five different people and ask them that feed forward question. So rather than kind of saying, um, you know, just give me, just give me advice. It's, you know, one of the things I encouraged uh, a couple of my clients to do is we're coming out of the pandemic. Ask five of the best salespeople on your team, what's that first communication they're sending to clients? What does that look like? Um, you know, if you're trying to get in and meet with the chief procurement officer, ask four or five of the best salespeople you know, how do they open the door to procurement? You get feed forward. So you can always get feed forward from somebody who's about growth. Um, and what I heard Scott saying is, I think if somebody wrote to you, Scott, and said, Scott, I'm interested in starting my own podcast, um, 
tell me five things that you would recommend. And I'd love to just take your time and have you mentor on just starting a podcast. I'm very specific, but it's also feed forward. It's not, I started one, it's failing, give me feedback. So I would encourage people to look for feed forward and, and seek feed forward if they're getting to that relationship with their mentor. That's really good. And, and just so everybody knows, I, I learned because my friend Tim here chatted me that I could put uh, Alan and Sherilyn as co-hosts so they can unmute now that we're at the end of the show. Um, of course, Scott was co-host all along and he could have done it, but he just- I did do it. How do you think they came off mute? So, um, so our, you, this, you know, again, before we ask our last question, which I think will be fun, it'll be interesting to see what, what Alan and Sherilyn have to say. Uh, quick shout out to our sponsors of Salesforce Revenue Cloud, as well as Lead411 and Gong.io. Our, you know, we always end our shows, uh, we hope differently than others, where, where it is what Sherilyn said, you know, what can we do for you? What, what advice would you like? Is there something you want to ask the crowd? You know, um, Alan, you know, feel free to, to jump in too. Like we, you know, we wanted to give something back to you since you've given us your time as well and, and hope we can support you. Yeah, I would just ask that you keep on doing these sessions because um, you guys, uh, both you, Richard, and Scott, and all of the guests that you've had for as long as you've been doing surfing sales, have been a, a good a good walking pal with me, as I put many many miles on the uh, the streets of Foster City here over this pandemic area. So keep going, guys. I really have gotten a lot of value from everything you're doing. Thank you for that. Um, Thank you. So, Sherilyn, how about you? A question for the crowd, and by all means, plug the book again. So. <laughs> thank you thank you richard i i'm just thrilled to have finally have a chance to meet with you and scott and to be on um both your podcast and this this chat here um i'm Sherilyn castleman like i said it is the book is um what's in the cards it is five post-pandemic selling um strategies you can read find it at postpandemicselling.com or on amazon it is now the on um, women in business we are the 71st top book in women in business on Amazon. So not bad for my first book. And it's been out there about a month. Um, and um, again, if you are a sister in sales, or you know any black or brown women in sales, encourage them to check out Sisters in Sales. We are a community to help advance women of color in sales. And if you're an organization and you want your pipeline to have more diversity, I challenge you to go to www.sistasinsales.com and hit on that sponsorship and download our sponsorship brochure and find out how we can help you build your pipeline. Um, and so that, that's what I'm doing is I'm just, I, I appreciate the platform and you're giving me a place to share my voice about how to just get too good um, to be ignored in sales. Cool. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Thank Next you. week, there's actually another session. Um, it's also sponsored by uh, Surf and Sales and Salesforce on four things I wish my manager had told me as I was trying to build in my career, which is a little bit like a mentorship conversation. Um, Scott and I will not be on that in terms of hosting it. Um, our friend Tim, who was, who's here, would be doing that one. But uh, it's also another great session. So if you haven't found that one, uh, you can check that out as well. And thank you everybody for your time and thanks for the questions from the audience. And, and again, Sherilyn and Alan, thank you so much for, for giving us your time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.